I want to share a couple of updates with you guys. Uh, Salvation Home, uh, I can't believe it. Oscar, if you'll put the picture up there for me. Salvation Home, one year ago, this was on my memories on Facebook, one year ago, me and Tiffany stood right here and we announced publicly that we were launching Salvation Home. And it was scary, it was exciting, and we had no idea what God was about to do uh, because we put a date on it. We said, we're launching March 22nd, and people thought I was crazy. They were like, you don't put a date on that, you just be patient. But we said, on March 22nd, 2020, we are launching a church. And so then, uh, 2020 happened. And um, <laughs> uh, let me just uh, share with you guys that God's heart and God's faithfulness to his house is amazing. That Imagine trying to start a business, a church, trying to start anything in the year of 2020. It's been such a challenge, but it's been so good because God's hand has been on everything that we've done. Uh, just numbers that we want to give you guys. We have fed over, a, we've served over a thousand meals over the pandemic. It has been amazing, amazing, amazing. We connected with a ministry right as this thing popped off. We literally got shut down a week before our launch date. A week before we were opening, we were ready to go, we got shut down. And so how many of you guys know you can shut the church down, but guess what? It's right here that we go and we make a difference because we are the church, right? And so right away we were like, okay, we've got to do something. So we connected with a ministry called Valiant Hearts and they actually help women uh, who have been uh, involved in sex trafficking. And so they help get them restored, send them to school, get them in jobs. They actually do a lot for that uh, community of women who've been involved in sex trafficking. And so we got hold of the director and we have a really close friend, Brock and Dominique Jones, who worked for the organization. And so we got a hold of them, we just said, we wanna help. So every Monday for six weeks, we delivered pizzas to some of these women because they were in a real big need. And so we served pizzas. We actually fed the entire hospital staff uh, of Baylor Scott and White in Grapevine. I believe there's a picture right there of us. That is actually the hospital director. He came out, took a picture with us. We fed the entire night staff at the hospital. Uh, then we, uh, we started serving uh, food from the parking lot. Uh, if you'll go to the next picture for me. Uh, this is a couple of our team members uh, who uh, through this entire thing, we've had graduations. Uh, we went to every graduate's house and we congratulated them through uh, 2020 on, on, on graduating. Then we served meals there in the parking lot. We did free enchiladas. We've done hamburgers, hot dogs. Uh, then we got involved and we started doing backpacks. We gave over 230 backpacks away. Just last Sunday, if you'll scroll through, yeah, uh, there's some of the pictures right there. Okay, I just want you to stop. You guys see that little girl right there? You guys see her? That right there, when it gets hard, I just look at that picture and you can see, even through her mask, the joy, the excitement, and I say, that is worth it. That's worth all of the headaches, all of the trouble that 2020 has caused us. Uh, but you can go ahead and uh, we serve backpacks and just last Sunday, and Oscar, you can just scroll through those pictures, uh, we had 130 backpacks and when we showed up to start giving them away, we already had the parking lot full of people waiting for us. And so... Uh, that was awesome. I think that picture's coming up next. Oscar's getting there. Uh, but yeah, that's some of our awesome team members again out helping us serve. But we wanted to give you guys an update because you guys are supporting us. You're helping us financially. You guys do so much. You pray for us. You lead us, all that. Uh, so we're excited for that. You can keep going. Is there more pictures, Oscar? 
I believe we got a couple. Was that the last one? Uh, yes. Oh, there we go. There's the parking lot. So really quick, this is our location. This is the uh, YMCA. It's in Bedford, Texas. It's on the corner of Central and Cummings. Uh, we still ha cannot meet. Uh, we don't know when we can meet. Uh, but look at that parking lot. And uh, as this was last Sunday, we were about to give out backpacks, and we uh, park just cars. There were cars going down the street. It was such an awesome opportunity, and the Spirit of God was just like, just wait till the church opens. And I was like, okay, God. <laughs> so it was just a, a, a great thing that even in everything that's happening, everything that's going on, we've seen God move. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about impact. I want you to say impact. If you're watching online, I want you to type that word out, impact. And I want to ask you the question, what has 2020 taught you? What has 2020 done in you and done for you? Some people that I, I, I see and I, I ask them the question about this year, some of them have already written 2020 off. It's August and they are waiting for 2021, right? This year has been one of the most uh, challenging, stressful, most difficult years of anybody's life. And, and some people are just counting down the days to where 2020 ends. And I'm thankful nobody said amen. Because listen, I don't know about you, but it, it seems that in the most difficult times, in the most difficult situations, we see God at work the most. And I'm just going to be honest. I really, really believe that, and I had to learn this lesson for myself, we as Americans do not suffer well. <laughs> we don't. We are a culture, we are a people that is self-consumed, self-care, take care of yourself. You got to put me first. That is who we are. And so as 2020 hit, the pandemic hit, Americans didn't know what to do. You, you mean we can't go anywhere? And, and it's been amazing seeing everything that's happened and still people are complaining and, and not being thankful and grateful for just the provision that God has provided and the things, because there are families, there are people out there that are hurting. And, and that was the question was, do, how well do we suffer? And do we allow what we're going through to impact us so much that it shuts us down? Have you allowed 2020 to steal your joy? Have you allowed 2020 to steal your purpose? Have you allowed 2020 to steal what God wants to do in and through you? And so this morning, I want you to think about that, and I really want you to reflect on that. Has 2020 been so stressful? I've been so concerned with myself. I've been so concerned with what I'm dealing with that I've forgotten about my neighbor. The Bible is very simple. It's very clear. If you want to know God's heart, it's summed up like this. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then number two, guess what? It's to love people. And 2020 has done a great job of shutting number two down. We can get online and we can hear some of the greatest preachers. We can, listen, we can get on our devices, on our phones, and we can watch some of the greatest communicators of the Bible ever speak. Listen, people are loving God right now because they get to sit in bed and watch church. <laughs> right? And they can, I mean, literally this morning before I got here, I watched some Stephen Furtick. I was watching some Matt Chandler. I was watching all these guys. And I mean, just sitting in my bed getting to do that, right? And so guess what? We, 
in 2020 are doing a great job at loving God. The gospel is going forward. But I want to ask you, what has 2020 done to you loving your neighbor? Loving your neighbor. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. And some of you are familiar with this story that I'm going to read to you. I'm going to start reading in verse 16, but Acts chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 16, is Paul's second mission. Paul, who many of us, uh, if you're in this room, you have no idea who the Apostle Paul is. That's okay. Uh, uh, The Apostle Paul was once a religious leader, a Pharisee who actually persecuted the Christian church. Uh, He was a part of the first martyr being killed in the name of Jesus, and Paul was the one who gave the authority to do that. He has an encounter with Jesus, and it completely changes his life. Literally, his name goes from Saul to Paul, and he feels God calling him and sending him on mission to reach the Gentiles. And so Paul is now on his second mission, Acts chapter 16, verse 16, If you're there, I want you to just say amen. Amen. It says, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. So I want to give you a picture Paul is on mission, he's going down, and there's this woman, there's this girl who has a demonic spirit, and it allows her to tell fortunes, and she actually have people who own her, who are making money off of her telling others' fortune. Can you imagine that? And so, this girl sees Paul, and she begins to shout, and she she begins to declare, Uh, that these men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day. How many of you guys have teenagers? Anybody have teenagers? teenagers? And my daughter is in the room right now, and and I'm always open, and I'm always transparent with you guys. We are going through the annoying age. Um, I love my daughter to death. She knows it. She's sitting right there. Uh, But at times, and she's giving me the eye right now. She doesn't even have to pull her mask down. But you, and and some of you parents right now, you know, right, that that age where they don't want to be around you as much anymore. Their interests are changing. You have nothing in common with them anymore. Right here, my sister is like, yes. It's like she woke up one day and forgot that we were her parents. She's like, I don't want to be around you. Close the door. Leave me alone. She just does her own thing, right? And then we'll sit down and the things that she wants to talk about, TikToks and all of the craziness, and I'm like, I have no idea, girl, what you are talking about, right? And you just get to that age where you're just like, okay, can we just talk about something else, right? I don't want to hear about the TikToks and the hype house. What's the hype house? Like, I don't even know what the hype house is, right? Uh, But it says here that uh, if you look at the scriptures, it says that that her masters, right, um, it says 18, verse 18, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left. 
Another translation says Paul got so annoyed by this girl day after day, what she was shouting, what she was saying. He just got annoyed and he looks at her and he casts the demon out of her. He says, in the name of Jesus, come out. He was just annoyed by this girl. And in verse 19, it says, her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of the Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us as Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. Verse 24, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, clamped their feet, and in the stocks. Can you imagine? Because Paul had casted this demon out of this girl. The, the men that had owned her were so outraged because they had now lost money. They take them, they beat them, and they put them in prison. Verse 25, and this verse is a lot of people know, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors opened, immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul had shouted, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. Verse 29, the jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household, and they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds, and he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. Verse 34, he brought them into the house and set a meal before them, and, he is in, and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for 2020. God, I pray that this morning your spirit would go forward, Lord God, and that it would empower us, it would encourage us. Give us the boldness, Lord God, to suffer well, to go through all the difficulties, to go through all of the things that have happened in 2020, Lord God, and to not lose sight of who you are and the mission that you have called us to. God, this building is not the church. I am the church. And it is my job to go and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray right now for everyone that's watching this, Lord God, that no matter what they're facing, no matter what they're going to, through, Lord God, that they would maintain the mission, even in the midst of their pain. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first point that I want to make about this story is that your pain 
has a purpose. I want you to write that in the chat if you're watching. I want you to get that. I want you to take a note in your phone if you're writing, taking notes. Listen, I tell people all the time, if you're not a note taker in church, you should be because statistics prove 95% of the people that take notes while someone is preaching go to heaven. Uh, it is a, uh, yes, come on. So take notes while the preacher is preaching. But uh, there is a purpose for your pain. There is a purpose for what you are going through. You see, in this story, it amazes me that if you, if you go back, and I encourage every single one of you to go back and read the entire chapter of Acts 16, because we see that as Paul goes on mission, the Holy Spirit literally stops him from going to two locations. He wants to go to Asia, and the Holy Spirit says, you can't go to Asia. He wants to go to another area, and it says the Spirit of Jesus literally stops him from going to where he thought he was supposed to go, and it leads him. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit leads him to this moment. The Spirit of Jesus, God leads him to this moment where Paul would get so annoyed, he would cast out this demon, he would be beaten and put in prison, and it was all a part of God's plan. What do you mean it was a part of God's plan? I thought God's plan was the blessed life. I thought God's plan was to prosper me and make me healthy. I thought God's plan was for promotion and this, this, and that. You mean God's plan for Paul was to be beaten and go to a dungeon? Yes. It was a part of the plan. The Holy Spirit literally stops him from going to two other locations and leads him to this moment where he would be beaten and imprisoned falsely. All he had done was cast out this demon. And because of that, because they had already known that the message, the gospel of Jesus was making an impact in other areas. They had already heard about lives being changed and people being healed and demons getting cast out. They were already afraid. So where, when this happens and Paul casts out the name, cast out, casts out this demon in the name of Jesus, they take him before the council and he's flogged and he's beaten and it was a part of the plan. It was a part of the plan. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Some of you, that is your life verse, right? It is, we know that God causes everything to work to the good. Well, what in your mind and in your heart is good? What's good? You see, God had a purpose for Paul and Silas because he was trying to reach that jailer. He was trying to reach that jailer. So we see as they, as they go to prison, after they're beaten, this jailer is in there. It was all a part of God's plan. And it was so that the gospel could go to this jailer and to his home. Have you gotten to the place in your heart, where you're no longer after the benefits of God, you just want God. You're no longer after the blessing. You're no longer after the healing. You are just after God's plan and God's purpose for your life. 
And if you don't know what that is, we can find it in Mark chapter 13. Jesus says in Mark 13 verse 9, he says, when these things happen, uh, watch out. You will be handed over to local council and you will be beaten in the synagogue. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. This will be your opportunity. He's already prepared the disciples. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through difficulty. You're going to go through hardship. And it is going to be an opportunity for you to share about me. I want to share something with you guys right now. Listen, people are watching you right now. People at your job, people in your family, they are watching you because you have declared that you are a follower of Jesus. And they want to see how well are you going to suffer? Are you going to complain? Are you going to, to, to just disregard 2020? Are you going to have what Paul and Silas had? We are on a mission that no matter where God sends us, no matter what he puts us through, we're here to declare the gospel. We see that in the midst of after being beaten and imprisoned, it says that at midnight they begin to pray and they begin to sing hymns. And guess what? It caught the attention of the entire jail. It caught the attention of the entire jail. It said, these men were just beaten and falsely imprisoned and here they are singing and praying to God as if they had something to sing and pray about. How many of you go through a situation, you go through a season, and the first thing that stops is your prayer? I'm not talking to God. God didn't work it out the way I thought he would. I'm done with him. How many of you, the second that you go through a season of difficulty, you quit and you be, it, it steals your praise? Because you don't understand, why do I have to go through this? Why is this happening to me? Instead of saying, what if this is what if, what if the divorce, what if the death, what if the job loss is a part of this plan? Because those around me are watching to see what I'm going to do. You see, as they begin to sing and as they begin to pray, it caught the attention of all those who were in jail. They said these men were just beaten and in prison. Who is this God? That even in the midst of their pain, even in the midst of their struggle, even in the midst of what's happening, they can still pray. They can still sing to God. Your pain has a purpose. Your praise has a purpose. Because people are watching your life. They want to see how you handle the pressures of life how you handle 2020. They want to see what's going on. And listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to be so committed. We have to be so on fire for the gospel of Jesus Christ that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we see it as an opportunity to share the gospel. We see it as an opportunity to share the gospel because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's so important that we understand our mission doesn't stop 
when the church gets closed down. Your mission field is your job. Your mission field is your home. Your mission field is your neighborhood. Some of y'all haven't even left the house. That's your mission field. This is your opportunity to show people the gospel. This is your opportunity to show that in the midst of everything, in the midst of a pandemic, how do you have peace? His name is Jesus. In the midst of losing your job, how do you have peace? In the midst of going through what you're going through right now, how do you maintain your peace and you have the opportunity to share Jesus? And that's that's what's happening. They're singing and they're praying and it causes the entire jail to be amazed at what's happening. And so God literally sends, a a, a thunder comes and the, the prison walls begin to shake and it says that the prisoners cells literally fall and their chains come off. Can you imagine this moment? That while they're singing, while they're praying, the Holy Spirit comes down and it shakes the jail and the the, the cells come down and their chains are falling and in the midst of that, these other prisoners are so captivated by the prayer the singing of Paul and Silas that they don't even run. They don't even run. They don't even leave. Can you imagine being locked up and all of a sudden the gates open and your handcuffs are gone? What's the first thing you're going to do? I'm out of here. Bye. Right? I'm done. The gates open. My chains are off. I'm free. I'm getting out of here. But because they were so captivated by the faith of Paul and Silas, that in the middle of what they're watching and they're seeing and they're experiencing, they can't even move. They're in a prison cell. They're in a dungeon. And the people are so captivated by their faith that they can't even go anywhere. Can you imagine the kind of impact your faith can wherever you go, the kind of faith that people are watching and saying, what is it about you? I, I ain't worried about my, what, it, what it is it? What kind of faith is that? What kind of hope is that? What is it? It's our opportunity to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says that, this, that, that they didn't even run. And the prison guard has probably fallen down, and he gets up. And I can only imagine, I was sharing this with my wife. She was a detention officer for seven years. I said, babe, what would happen if you woke up and all of the cell doors were open? She said, it would be complete chaos, right? He gets up. He sees all the walls are down. He sees all their chains are loose. And this prison guard takes his sword, and he says, I'm about to kill myself. Because these prisoners are going to kill me, and if they don't kill me, the Romans are going to kill me for letting these guys loose. So he's about to take his own life. He's about to kill himself because of the situation. And we hear Paul yell out, don't do it. We're all still here. Paul, 
falsely beaten and imprisoned, could have left himself. He could have ran himself. He shouldn't have been there. He says, we're all still here. Because he knew that that prison guard was his opportunity to share the gospel. Immediately, as you read through the story, as Paul yells out, we're still here, he runs up to Paul. He says, what must I do to be saved? I pray right now that whatever you're facing, that you're facing it on mission. And that mission is the gospel, is to see every situation that you're going through as an opportunity to spread the gospel, as an opportunity for your faith to rise above your situation and say, I trust my God more than I trust this circumstance. I believe more in my God than I believe in what's happening around me. Paul didn't pray, God, get me out of here. God, I don't deserve this. He's not complaining. He's not arguing. He's not fighting. And listen, he's human too. We all are. I've had prayers this year when I've said, God, what are you doing? I've had opportunities of, and moments in my own life, in my own heart, where I'm looking at everything that's happened. God, you told us to start a church in 2020, and we got shut down one week before. What are you doing? Even in my doubts, even in my concerns, opportunity was a mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I pray right now that you would see your struggle as an opportunity for your faith to rise. And it's not a faith that says, God, change my situation. Give me more money. Give me a new job. It's not a faith that says that. It's a faith that says, God, I trust that even if I get beaten, put in a prison cell, I'll trust you. Even if I've got to suffer, I'm going to suffer for you. Even if I've got to go through it, I'm going to go through it for you. I'm not going to complain anymore about my situation. I'm not going to grumble about what's happening around me. I'm going to say, God, my faith is on a level where I'm not asking you to Bring a breakthrough and change what's happening. I'm saying, God, show me who it is that you're calling me to reach. Who is it that is going to come? They're going to see my faith and they're going to come running and say, what must I do to be saved? And your opportunity to say, believe in Jesus. How is it that you have so much faith? We see what you're going through. We know what's happening all around you. What is it? Impact. Impact. Suffering well. Seeing our situations and our circumstances with a different perspective. God, don't get me out of it. Why am I here? Who am I here for? Who needs you? See what it does. I'm going to close with this. So I don't know. I've been, I ain't been in church in six months. Uh, <laughs> the other day, someone came up to my wife 
And they said to her, I'm going to tell you this one more time. There's a baby in there. You just got to have faith to believe. She said, I can have all the faith, but if you don't have the faith to believe it, it won't happen. I thought my wife was going to punch her. <laughs> thought we were about to go to jail. Because those of you who are in here and know us personally, we've been married almost six years and can't have a baby. And you don't know how hard it is when somebody comes up to you and says, we're praying for the baby. Like we didn't. Like we weren't praying for the baby. But God changed our perspective. Because we were like, God, give us a baby. God, give us a baby. God, give us a baby. And that prayer had to stop. And it said, and it began to change to saying, God, I trust your plan. And if it means no baby, then we're good. We're going to travel the world. <laughs> We've got seven more years with Hannah Grace, and then we're free to go. <laughs> our prayer changed because our faith changed. Our faith and our prayer was no longer God changed the circumstance. It was God, you, you, this is part of the plan, and I trust it. And we've been able to touch so many couples who haven't been able to have babies. We've been able to pray for people and encourage people and go through that with them and say, we know exactly what it feels like. And guess what? Maybe that's the plan, is to be able to encourage somebody else and pray for somebody else and say, we know we know the heart ache. We know the pain that comes with it. But our, our faith level, some would say, well, you don't have enough faith. Aren't you just believing it? I said, no, my faith level went even higher because I said, God, I trust your plan above my plans. And I'll go through whatever I need to go through if that means somebody is going to know the name of Jesus. I will go through any difficulty, any circumstance, any situation. God, I trust your plan above mine. And God, I will go through anything you need me to, that if somebody can see my faith in you, that I trust your plan so much, that I'm willing to go through anything for you. And if they would just come to me and say, what must I do to be saved? And if it gives me the opportunity to say, believe in Jesus, it's all worth it. And I pray this morning, I'm used to calling everybody to come to the altar, but listen, this morning, I don't want you to come to the altar. I want you to go to your job. I want you to go to your home. I want you to go to your neighborhood. And I want you to begin to love and serve and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be the one in your neighborhood that everybody says, man, look at their faith. Even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of 2020, they are full of peace and hope and joy and what is it I don't want you to come to an altar I've had too many people come to the altar and they go back Monday and nothing has changed I want you to go back and make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ and let people look at your life and see Jesus stop praying for your circumstances to change and say God I trust your plan more than my own and I'm going to walk by faith that no matter what comes my way, God, you promise all things to work out. And God, it might not work out the way I want it to, but it's going to work out for somebody. And if my pain means somebody 
knowing Jesus, I'll go through it. I'll go through a beating. I'll go through a false imprisonment. I'll go through it. It means somebody calling on the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you right now. Father God, I just lift up every single person in this room and watching online, Lord God. I pray right now, God, whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, God, their faith would no longer be, God, change the circumstance, change what's happening. God, I pray that their faith would say, God, change me and change my heart so that I'm willing to trust you through the circumstance. That, God, there is a purpose behind my struggle. There is a purpose behind my pain. And, God, if it's to reach only one person, if only one person calls on the name of Jesus, it would all be worth it. God, I pray that we would make such a difference, make such an impact around those around us, Lord. That our faith would shine. And like this prisoner guard ran to Paul and he said, what must I do? He said, people would see our faith and come running. What must we do? Give us the opportunity. Give us the boldness to walk through life, to suffer well, to understand there's a plan and a purpose, God. God, we conclude this morning with saying, I trust you. God, I don't understand, but I trust you. God, I don't know why, but I don't need to anymore. trust you. I trust you. I want you to just, in your spirit right now, those of you watching, just, God, I trust you. I trust you. Lord, I thank you for the co-workers that are going to get saved. God, I thank you for the neighbors that are going to get saved. Thank you for the cousins, the aunts, the uncles that are going to get saved because they see our faith and they want to know what it is. And we can tell them it's Jesus. We love you this morning. Have your way. In Jesus' name.